0: Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely. You can call me Dr. H, and it's so good to be here with you yet again. Folks, like we do every single week, we start with something that we're grateful for. Well, I gotta tell you, I'm grateful for being in a new studio. It's maybe uh we'll get the sound right. So if it's a little bit off, forgive me. We're just getting dialed in, we're still putting some things on the wall, you know, some of the phone pads and stuff like that. But I hope what I have for you today is something that's very, very interesting. Big scuttlebutt around the last couple of weeks has been a lot of people out there talking about this COVID stuff, asking for justice. Where's the justice? When are we going to get justice on this? We all agree there's a whole lot of stuff that just stinks. When are we going to clean that smell up, right? When are we going to clean it all up? Well, I got to tell you, folks. My team has been working on this issue for years, and we are now positioned, we are up to bat, and I am so excited. Today, at the time of this recording, it's Friday, August 26th. And guess what? We filed a federal petition way back in March, on March 7th, with two great senators, Senator Dennis Lenticum and Senator Kim Thatcher. We filed a federal petition alleging Criminal data fraud and willful misconduct, two terms that you have to get really, really acquainted with. Once again, criminal data fraud and willful misconduct. And what we did in that petition was we put together 63 pages with full citations expressing to the court why it's their duty, their duty to honor our right to petition and get what we found in front of a grand jury. You see, something's very interesting about the courts. Whenever a elected or appointed official is made aware of substantiated allegations of crime, it's actually their duty to see that that crime is investigated. If they don't, then they are guilty of being complicit with that crime. It's a little no unknown federal law called misprision of felony. And it's something that we've been working on because the wheels of justice turn slow, but they do turn. And that's what we've been resting on. Now, I'm going to give you a little timeline around here because I got to say, I'm grateful to my team. I'm grateful to the senators. I'm grateful to all the wonderful volunteers we have in marketing and advertising, the volunteers we have in strategy development, the volunteers we have, folks, in research. Because we have, and I'm very blessed to have some great, great people with me. Great people that I can't wait to introduce you to because we've been successful right on the precipice of it. As of today, August 26th, Today is the day that the defendants that we have named, Rochelle Walensky, that's right, CDC Director, Xavier Becerra, that's right, Secretary of the Health and Human Services Department, Brian Moyer, somebody you're probably not familiar with, the Director for the National Vital Statistics System, and then the two predecessors for the CDC and the HHS Robert Redfield, former Director of the CDC, and Alex Azar, former Secretary of the Health and Human Services. Department. (laughs) We
1: named those five and we said, you all committed acts of criminal, say it with me, data fraud and willful, say it with me, misconduct,
0: right? Get those terms etched into your mind because that's how we pursue justice. Criminal data fraud, prove it. We have to prove it and we feel that we have and willful misconduct pierce those protections that the pharmaceutical industry has for everybody that's gotten shot. See, the thing that really bothers me, it sets in my craw, is so many people have been hurt by these shots, but they haven't been able to seek any compensation. That's not right. That's definitely not right, especially when you get the good news that Pfizer today sued Moderna for patent infringement. (laughs) So there's a little bit of cannibalism finally going on. We were waiting for this. We were anticipating this and it's starting to happen. We're seeing the rats run for a safe place on a sinking ship. And that's the thing about a sinking ship. There is no safe place, especially when you're a rat. Now, these are allegations and I want to be really clear with that. But I want to take you through this journey that we've been on. I didn't know I was going to be doing this today, but I was like, you know, we put together this timeline because we're about to start doing some major interviews around the country and things like that. And I wanted to share with you all the work that me and these great Americans, this great team of people that I have have been doing for the last two years because it's substantial. But I wanted to start with this. Last Friday, excuse me, last Wednesday, August 17th. You probably heard a little rumor, a little something that was published in Bloomberg about Rochelle Walensky admitting fault. That there is a CDC internal video that was meant to be viewed only by the people that work at the CDC. But somehow, not surprisingly, it got out. It got out to Bloomberg and they published it. And in this video, Rochelle Walensky has a very interesting quote. She says, to be frank, we, meaning the CDC, are responsible for some pretty dramatic, pretty public mistakes. From testing, to data, to communications. The operative word in there is data. The operative word in there is data because you cannot, as a federal official, especially as the head of a major federal agency, be responsible
1: for pretty dramatic mistakes involving data. If you are, that's called
0: data fraud. And what we've been publishing on, and we've actually published peer-reviewed papers on this, the first one in October of 2020, the second one in March of 2021, I'm going to take you through this timeline. It's an extensive timeline, folks of work that me and my team have been doing. I'm so proud of what we've been doing because we're on the precipice and we're right there at the perfect time. The country is now ready to hold people to account. And we're positioned, we're up to bat and we need your support. And I'm going to show you at how you can. You can go to beyondthecon.com, go to our grand jury page and laid out for you is how you can sign on on this petition. So when we respond to the judges, when we respond to them, we can say there are millions of Americans, millions who agree with the substance of this petition and demand that it is investigated. That's the power that you possess. The power to make sure justice is served and people who have committed criminal data fraud and willful misconduct are held to account. So when Rochelle Walensky gave us this gift last week. What she did was a little tactic. You see, the substance of our petition is saying that they violated three very important federal laws that protects the accuracy of data. The first is called the Administrative Procedures Act. It's one says, basically, every federal agency has to do the same thing, has to abide by the same rules. The second is the paperwork reduction. This one says, and the name doesn't really describe what it is, but what is in there is it says every federal agency has to report any changes to how data is collected, analyzed, or published to the Federal Register. Well, guess what? March 24th, excuse me. Yes, that's the correct date. March 24th, 2020. The CDC changed how death certificates are reported only for COVID and never reported that change to the Federal Register. You see, when you report, a federal agency reports something to the Federal Register, it's a notification. It's a notification that opens up two very important processes. The first of which is public comment. Now, you remember back to 2020, When we weren't getting any of our commentary solicited, they didn't open up any public forums to talk about how we wanted to handle this. It was just told, you have to stay at home or you're going to be punished. You have to put on a mask or you're going to be punished. You better be afraid or you're going to be punished. But what about those of us that aren't afraid, that don't live our lives in fear, that are well-nourished, that used vitamin C, that read the actual research and said, there's nothing here to be afraid of, even though this is a bioweapon. It wasn't. didn't come from a bat in a wet market. It came from collusion. It came from a, dare I say, conspiracy.
1: A conspiracy, in my opinion, to murder for profit. Now, I don't know about you, but that's just something
0: I will not abide by. And that is worthy of investigation. So again, Administrative Procedures Act, what does it do? It says every federal agency has to follow the same rules. Can't be special rules for special agencies. If there are, then that agency has gone rogue. In our opinion, what we are alleging is the CDC, the FDA, the HHS, they all went rogue. The second law that was violated that Rochelle Walensky is admitting to, the second law was the Paperwork Reduction Act which says every agency is required to report any changes in data collection, data analysis, or data publication to the federal register so that two processes can be opened up. Number one, public comment, a mandatory minimum of 30 days of public comment before the change can take place. Secondly, oversight by the executive branch, a little-known aspect of the executive branch of government, that's right, the office of the president, called the Office of Management and Budget. And why does that office need to be notified? Because they are going to make sure that the process is transparent. They are responsible for oversight of all of these federal agencies. But here's the rub. If the CDC doesn't publish in the Federal Register what they're doing, there is no public comment,
1: And there is no oversight. That's going rogue. Now the third federal law that the CDC broke again,
0: we have to say, allegedly, right? Even though we have 1,000 pages of evidence so far, over a1,000 pages of evidence so far. The first excuse me, the third rule, the third federal law that was broken, is called the Information Quality Act. And what this says is that the data that is published has to be accurate. It can't be a whoopsie, a mistake. So when they changed how death certificates were reported the result of that change that they did without notifying the Federal Register, without opening up public comment, without opening up oversight... When the CDC went rogue, what did they do? They broke three laws and, in doing so, published fraudulent data. By our estimates, the death certificates associated with COVID have been overreported by anywhere from 84.6% to 94%. That means that. 94, as it could be as many as 94% of all so-called COVID deaths were actually deaths due to something else, due to a comorbidity, diabetes, hypertension, something else, due to the oldest known pre-existing condition, because that's how we record it for everything else. It's not the flu that kills people, it's that they were already sick they already had pre-existing conditions they were already ripe for a final infection to take them out now that final infection is often called an initiating factor but the initiating factor is not the cause of death what they did here the cdc is they made the initiating factor covid the cause of death and they did that change in violation of three federal laws well We've been all over this since 2020. To me, this is the route that we can strike and and take out the weeds of these evil people, just uproot them completely out of what should be fertile American soil, fertile for the pursuit of life and liberty, fertile for the pursuit of happiness. We can uproot this now. And Rochelle Walensky gave us a gift. So I'm going to say thank you. My gratitude is going to go to
1: Rochelle Walensky as well. Thank you for giving us this gift. Her quote again,
0: to be frank, we are responsible for some pretty dramatic, pretty public mistakes from testing to data to communications. When she said to data, that is an admission of guilt. We got you. And now with that admission of guilt, here's what's going to happen. You see, we filed this saying that what they did was deliberate. It was intentional. They had to drive up the numbers of deaths to justify the emergency being called. They had to do that. If you're going to have emergency, you better have a lot of deaths. And how do you get a lot of deaths? Slide a hand on the death certificate. Call everything COVID. Every death is now COVID. And how do we make sure we can push
1: this through? Eh, Go rogue. Who's going to (laughs) know? We know. You can't do that. And because what she just admitted to is that the public
0: mistake, one of them was data. That's what we call criminal data fraud. And to do so willingly, as Dr. Burks has alluded to in her book, to do so willingly leads us into a very interesting concept called willful misconduct. It means that if you are an elected or appointed official and you knowingly do something that is in violation of of
1: the law, that it was done willfully. That's misconduct. And guess what? That's the only legal
0: concept that penetrates 42 U.S.C. 300 AA-11 and 42 U.S.C. 300 AA-22. The two clauses in the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury
1: Act that give the pharmaceutical industry protections from being sued. It's also the only protection in the PrEP Act, the only breach
0: to the protection in the PrEP Act. So there's a lot at stake right now. And what Rochelle just gave us was a gift on August 17th, 2022. Because what she is going to argue as a named defendant and what Xavier Becerra is going to argue as a named defendant is not that this was
1: willful misconduct. What they are going to argue is that it was just gross incompetence. Gross
0: incompetence isn't really a crime. You don't, can't be a criminal for being stupid and making a mistake, even if it costs millions of people their lives.
1: But you can be held to account if you did it intentionally. So what she's trying to
0: argue right here, and we can't let her, what she's trying to argue for is that it was just gross incompetence. We're supposedly the smartest people in the world, but we were just really stupid about the thing that we've gotten billions and billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars to make sure we were ready to, to act on. We were ready to be at our best, please. You don't get
1: to be a Ph.D. and then claim stupidity, all right? You don't. We got them. So what they're going to do is file a motion to dismiss today. And it's due today. It might be submitted
0: within the next few hours. They're going to file a motion to dismiss this grand jury petition, because not because it's not valid, not because we don't have a right to petition as citizens, but your honor, it's not necessary. We've admitted we've made some mistakes. We're restructuring our organization and we're fixing the problem right now. <laughs> Nothing to see here, Your Honor. You can now dismiss this petition. We agree. We made some mistakes. It just wasn't criminal. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. You aren't getting off the hook like that. Folks, there's a lot that we're going to be able to accomplish in the next two weeks because after they file this motion to dismiss today, we get two weeks to respond to their motion to dismiss and implore. The Honorable Judge Marco Hernandez of the Ninth Circuit Court in the United States. We get to implore him to do his duty, having been so advised of a crime, that it is his duty to put this before a grand jury so they can investigate it and determine whether or not a crime has actually occurred. And here's the cool thing about a grand jury. Grand juries have unprecedented amounts of subpoena power to actually get access to the records we've been trying to get access to for years. They have the power to get them unredacted, and they have the power to right these wrongs. Folks, it's a great time to be alive. We're in a historic time, and I can just feel it. My team has put in the work for two straight years. I'm going to tell you about that work when we come back from the break. My team has put in the work for two straight years, two and a half years, long years, hard years, every day, no pay, all volunteer. We put it in, all that work, and now we're finally up to bat. And I'm going to tell you, folks, we love you. You know me. Aloha, vow, ia, away. I love you. And I show it in my actions. Now we need your support on this in every possible way. We need you to bring people's eyeballs to beyondthecon.com, the grand jury page, and make sure that people are signing that petition saying, I want to see these people investigated. We push this through. And guess what, folks? We've just proven that the justice system, while slow, is still alive and well. And we just showed everybody how to get Fauci and friends, left and right every day of the week, so this never happens again. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Folks, if you want to be healthy and you want to be free, you're thinking the right way. These two things, you can't have one without the other. If your goal is to be free, you better be healthy. And if your goal is to be healthy, you get the benefit of being free. Well, you, at EHI, the Energetic Health Institute, you learn how to do both. You learn how to only need doctors in emergency situations, but you learn how to take care of the most precious gift you've been given, your life. Check us out at www.EnergeticHealthInstitute.org. Check out our amazing holistic nutrition certification, our wonderful detoxification and fasting courses, things that are so relevant and so important right now. We have our next detox class starting on September 9th. And folks, we promise you, when you come in, you'll be treated like family and you'll learn things that will blow you away, things you will use for health and freedom for the rest of your life. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio, right after these messages. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time.
2: In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert.
0: Right. Welcome back, everyone. Look, I'm not a braggy dude. All right. And it's probably to my own detriment. I know I've seen some people doing, I don't want to say well for themselves, because I think that's a mischaracterization of folks and an unintended slight on their integrity, which I am not going to do. We're all in this together, right? The, The goal is freedom for all, freedom forever. Make sure this never happens again. And anyone who's been fighting for that goal, we're family as far as I'm concerned for the rest of our lives. I love you. But I want to say for me, one of my things, I, I don't like to talk about myself. I don't like to make it about me. I've, I've been very clear with everybody. I've been doing, I can't tell you, thousands of meetings at this point over the last two and a half years, thousands of meetings, hundreds of interviews. Um, thousands and thousands of hours of of research and and investigation and collaboration, which I'm so honored to be a part of. But I've been very clear with everybody. I'm I'm nobody special. I'm just really, if you want to get down to it, I'm just a badass, nice guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm a nice guy that really enjoys being a badass. That's why I carry a, a wallet that says bad mother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I do. <laughs> I fell in love with that in Pulp Fiction, I got to tell you. But one of the
0: things I, I used to be is I used to be very egotistical and very much everything was about me. I was the youngest child and, you know, and all the attention was always on me and stuff like that. So I got trained in that way and, um, and I took it to a really bad place, you know, but I learned. I had a lot of people who loved me intensely and never gave up on me and were patient with me and showed me a better way, how it was so much more fulfilling to give, to celebrate each and every one of us. And, and that what really matters is how we feel about each other. One of my favorite things that I teach my son is people will forget
1: what you tell them. But they'll never forget the way you make them feel. I love treating people like
0: they're special. All of my favorite mentors and people that I've I've added my life after: uh, Ed Parker with uh, American Kempo Karate, and um, you know Maya Angelou with her beautiful, you know, courage being you know the most important value
1: that we can have because you can't. Have any other virtue? You can't practice it with consistency without courage. You know, um, I love Bruce Lee.
0: You know, education is the art of fighting without fighting. I love, you know, Muhammad Ali. People know you're serious when you produce. I love Paulo Coelho. You know, in The Alchemist, right? If you've read that book, what a wonderful book! It's the possibility of dreams coming true that makes life so interesting. Tell your heart to never be afraid because every minute, every moment of your life is a second's encounter with God and with eternity itself. Just these wonderful ideas. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. I love Mark Twain. I'm even, we're listening, me and my son are listening to Tom Sawyer right now, and it's so much fun. He did something interesting in. In Tom Sway, I don't think a lot of people caught. He actually, in the late
1: 1800s, snuck in to his prose that black people were human.
0: What the woke folks of this day and age and the ones that want to cancel and make sure kids don't read his work want to see is they just see the N-word, 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 N-word. That's how people spoke. You got to remember, this is the 1800s, right after the Civil War. But what he sneaks in there is Tom Sawyer calling one of the black dudes in there a human. Because Mark Twain says there's nothing more fatal to prejudice than traveling. And he says there's lies, damn lies, and then there's statistics. But one of my favorite quotes from him was the two most important days. Of your life are the day
1: you're born, and the day you find out why. And you all know my passion and affinity for Bob Marley. If you don't,
0: you you should get it. (laughs) Bob Marley and leading with love. I mean, I that that's my dude. That is my dude. Up and down, twelve days out of a week. That's my
1: dude, right? Let me take it back to Mark Twain. Remember when he said the two most important days? are the days,
0: the day that you're born and the day you find out why. Well, on March 12th, 2020, I found out why. Now, I love what I do. I love the Energetic Health Institute. I love teaching. I love developing curricula. I love sharing information from the heart for the betterment of all. That's actually one of our mission statements. I love it so much. I love it so much that being pulled away from it for this COVID stuff has really pissed me off a little bit. But remember, I, you find out why. Now, we knew something was cooking. You could see the writing on the wall the last couple of decades. This is going and trending in the wrong direction. Something's cooking. They're up to something here. And I had heard enough about the possibility of something called Agenda 21 and all that other stuff that it had my, my antenna up. You know, something's going down. And it snapped us out of this haze where we were two hands off. We were two hands off with public health. We were two hands off with our government. We were two hands off. And what happened was even though we provide the checks, they treat us like we're slaves. Well, I was taught by my father at a very young age that we're free men and free women. And I'm a seventh generation free man. That's right. My lineage traces back to a marriage license between two slaves in Louisiana in 1812. That's as far back as we can trace. I'm proud of that. I'm a seventh generation free man. I was born free. I will live free. And there is no other option for me. My son will be the same and his children will be the same. We won't live under a veil of digital slavery by some other name, some credit score, social credit score crap or some modification of the genome or being a human 2.0 with microchips inserted in our brain so we can feel what each other are feeling. You know, you can feel what other people are feeling. You already have the hardware in there. God gave it to you. It's called a, a nervous system and it's 600 miles long. And it can perceive not only what's going on in you, but it can perceive what's going on outside of you, including how other people are feeling. That's how, why we know when somebody's looking at us and our back is to them. That's how we know when somebody's thinking about us and then they call. That's how we know when we hug someone how much we love them. We don't need an upgrade because we were already made perfect. Now, if you don't want to take advantage of that perfection, if you don't want to care for that perfection, that's your freedom to do so. I feel sad and sorry for you, but
1: that's your freedom to do so. What I'm saying to you is this. Freedom is non-negotiable. And on March twelfth, twenty twenty,
0: everything turned on. Now, I'd been preparing for it. I'd developed a with a really dear friend of mine, uh, Brittany Cara. I had developed a um, the first vaccine education certification in the country. The first vaccine education course really taught at any major medical. Establishment, any major medical institution. That's right. Harvard, UCLA Medicine, all the naturopathic schools, all the allopathic medical schools, none of them teach about vaccine education, let alone vaccine injury and how to identify it. None of them. But we teach a class on it. We teach a class. I've been teaching a class on that since 2015, 2014, 2015, educating people on what's actually in the shots. You know, those ingredients they don't want us to know about. Educating people on how to use the vaccine adverse events reporting system and how to get the data in there and how SIDS is actually listed in there, which makes SIDS a vaccine injury. Sudden infant death syndrome, yeah, that's a vaccine injury. It's proof, proof that these are not as safe as they maintain. We teach about the law. The 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, put in by California Senator at the time, or I should say authored Henry Waxman, that that turd. Right? Forgive me. That's that's that's
1: beneath me. That despicable person. All right. And we teach about surveillance reporting.
0: Surveillance reporting is an answer to a simple question of people that got the shot, how many still got sick anyway? How many times did this fail to protect? How many times do what they tried to reframe it as, how many times did the infection break through as if that's a good thing? We teach about all that. And then we teach about nutrition and how nutrition can help turn around an autistic child's life. We teach about how nutrition can help turn around an immunocompromised child's life. You don't just get immunocompromised. You know, compromise is because you're getting poisoned from the time you come out of mama's womb. That's what these shots do. If you don't believe me, go and look up the vaccine median excipient summary. It's published by the CDC. It's published by the FDA. Go look up the hep B shot, the first shot that they try to give kids when they come out of the womb. Seconds after coming out of a womb, give a baby a shot. Never mind that the baby's immune system isn't going to be able to develop antibodies for really 18 months and the baby really needs mother's milk needs colostrum, and needs to be able to take the mother's milk to establish its own microbiome. Never mind that the most important thing you can do for a baby, if you're really interested in public health, is teach moms how to breastfeed and make sure mom's breast milk is incredibly nutrient-dense. Never mind that. Go and read the vaccine median excipient summary, and you tell me, you tell me whether a child should be exposed to formaldehyde. You tell me whether a child, a newborn, a baby just out of the womb should be exposed to aluminum, polysorbate 80, all of these chemicals that lead to disease and dysfunction of the human body. You tell me if that's what we should be doing. Because see, there's an easy way to determine whether or not the baby is going to be exposed to Hep B. If you're really that concerned about it, test the mom for it. Test her. Just draw some blood and test and see if Hep B is active. It's simple. Viral load tests and antibodies. If she doesn't have any Hep B virus in her bloodstream, there's no way she could pass it on to baby. So what are you so worried about? Do you know how you get Hep B anyway? Sharing needles and having unprotected sex promiscuously with people who are infected with Hepatitis B. Two things I don't think a newborn infant is going to be doing. You see, you start learning that stuff and you can't help but start questioning. What, why, why are you doing that? The only answer can be
1: for the love of money. Well, I love God. So we have a fundamental disagreement.
0: So on March 12, 2020, when this started, I said, you know what? Looks looks like they pushed the go button. That thing we were anticipating for the last decade, they finally pushed the go button. I had hoped and prayed that what we were learning about with Agenda 21 and what we were seeing and the writing on the wall was just incompetence. That's what I hoped, that it wasn't criminal fraud. It wasn't willful misconduct. It wasn't them setting the chessboard up to take and wipe us useless eaters, quote unquote, according to the World Economic Forum, out right? Useless eaters. That's what they call us, useless eaters. That's what these psychopaths call us. So on March, 20, uh, March 12, 2020, I started tracking all the COVID case hospitalization and fatality data in the US and abroad, in Italy and in South Korea. And I started putting together graphs of how many new cases, new hospitalizations, and new deaths per day. And what it did was it created a bell-shaped curve. And we saw, because the question I wanted to answer was, how long is this going to last? Well, in Italy, the answer was pretty clear, 30, 40 days. In Israel, the answer was pretty clear, about 30, 40 days. You're going to see a rise, peak, and then you're going to see a fall on the bell-shaped curve. And, the bell, and when it falls, that means it's over.
1: We're good. Well, something happened with the U.S. data on April 14th that blew my mind. We got to a peak
0: on the bell-shaped curve for US data, and then it started to go down, and then we got a secondary peak. And I started talking to one of my buddies, Michael McAvoy, and I said, how is this possible, man? Now, I'm a data analyst. I've worked on the International Space Station. I've worked on database development. I know numbers. We have to be able to explain that. How did that happen? It didn't happen in any other country but the United States. How did that happen, a secondary rise, When everybody's locked down and now everybody's starting to wear
1: masks and all this other stuff. How did that happen? Well, we started digging. And this is what we found when we were digging.
0: March 24th, 2020, the CDC went rogue.
1: The CDC changed how death certificates are reported, but only for covid Two days later, you can't make this up. Two days later,
0: the Health and Human Services Department, Now you got to remember, government is never this efficient. Two days later, the Health and Human Services Department takes that ball, that baton from the CDC. CDC has now said, we are guaranteed that we're going to have a high death count. This is guaranteed going to be an emergency, right? Fauci's Fauci, who now is magically retiring, he moved his retirement up by two years. Gee, I wonder why. See, they're panicking. This is a panic move on his part. Fauci says there's over a million Americans over the last two and a half years that have died from COVID. Really? Not by our numbers. I mean, yes, if you include all the fraudulent death certificates, yeah, there's over a million. Our numbers suggest that roughly about 900,000 of those supposed million are people who died from pre-existing conditions but were called covid. And we're not saying that they didn't die. We're saying they're not died from what they didn't die from what you said
1: they died from. Because you lied about what they died from. So what happens on March 26,
0: two days later, is the Health and Human Services Department comes in and says, we're going to erect a system of Medicare, Medicaid insurance fraud. We're going to make sure that every hospital in the nation goes along with this. We're going to give them greater reimbursements for COVID diagnoses than any other infectious disease. In fact, we're going to make sure for the first couple of months, the only thing they can treat are COVID patients, even though they're not really treating them because they declined to practice early treatment as Dr. Peter McCullough has been preaching for the last two and a half years, right? (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to make sure we're going to get case counts, we're going to get hospitalizations, and we're going to get deaths all by COVID. And if anybody has an ethical problem with it, we're just going to buy them off. We're going to give them more money than they could sneeze at. That ought to do it. And guess what it did in 2020, especially when you control all the mainstream media, right? Because who pays for all of those ads that the mainstream media puts out all the time? Huh, let me think for a second. Oh, yeah, the pharmaceutical industry. The pharmaceutical industry is second to none in paying for ads. So who do you think is dictating what gets covered and what gets said and what doesn't in the mainstream media? It's certainly,
1: it's certainly ain't the herbalists. And it certainly ain't the independent doctors. People like Pierre Corey and Paul Merrick. It's not the independent dudes. And dudettes. It's the pharmaceutical industry. You see how it all starts coming together? Then there's this little factoid that you
0: may not have known about. Prior to 2007, there was actually a statistical definition for what constituted a pandemic, and that statistical definition was and I, I I have trouble finding it; they've scrubbed the internet so well of this. it was either three per cent fatality rate or five per cent fatality rate. You had to have a significant percentage of of deaths in order
1: to call something a pandemic. Well, they took that statistical definition out and made it just a
0: well. Whatever we say is a pandemic is a pandemic. Whatever we say is an emergency is an emergency. That was in 2007. So like I was saying, they were setting the stage for this. And this is something Dr. David Martin has alluded to with his dossier that goes all the way back, I think, to 1996, right? He's doing great work out there as well, right? Check out prosecutenow.com. Check it out. It's brilliant what he's doing. I mean, this is, there are some good people. And that's what I've learned the last two and a half years. There's some people who suck. But there are some good people in this world. Gives me hope. So in two days in March, March 24th to March 26th, the CDC violates federal laws, three federal laws, and sets the stage for a lot of deaths so that they could justify this as an emergency. And then at the end, March 26th, they already had a way to pay this out using American taxpayer money misappropriating $3.5 trillion of our money so that they could perpetuate criminal data
1: fraud and willful misconduct. The two most important days of your life, the day you're born and the day you find out why.
0: March 12th, 2020, I made a promise I made a promise when I went and did my first public service announcement, because I originally got on just to try to keep everybody calm, let them know, here's some things you can do nutritionally if you're scared, stuff like that, right? But I made a
1: promise to my audience that day, March 12th, 2020. I said, I will be here with you to the end of the line. And that's a promise that thankfully, because of so many great people who have supported
0: what I've been doing, what I kind of found out, and what my team
1: helped me understand, because it's not a single person that makes something like this happen. we we'll write right back with more
0: Energetic Health Radio right after these messages.
2: How the spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. Uh, We invite you, friends, to invest some of your time with our magnificent family of experts, their minds and voices. It's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers.
0: All right, welcome back, folks. Okay, so got a few minutes before we close out the show. I just want to go through some dates and kind of tell you what's been going on on these dates. I want to take you from March 26, twenty twenty forward, right? I'm going to rapid fire this. Don't feel like you have to remember everything, but I just want to give you a feel for how long we and these great Americans, these, this wonderful team I have, have been in this fight. April 6th, Council of State and Territorial Epidemiologists publishes a case definition for COVID that allows for a single cough. All you have do is cough once, be diagnosed as COVID. On that paper were four Subject matter experts supplied by the CDC and Dr. Robert Redfield, director of the CDC. This was by design. This is also in violation of the Administrative Procedures Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and the Information Quality Act. Because again, they did not put this and publish this in the Federal Register. April 7th, 2020, Deborah Burks, remember her? Says, So I think in this country, quote, so I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. Well, by October 12th, my research team and I had published COVID-19 data collection, comorbidity and federal law, a historical retrospective, which exposed all of this and made the assertion that death certificates were fraudulently hyperinflated as a result of what the CDC and the HHS did by 88.6% to 94%. October 16th, 2020, four days later, I paid out of my pocket. We printed all of our paper out. We printed allegations of criminal activity. We printed a full packet and sent it to every single US attorney and at least 10 members of the Department of Justice. We sent this out. We sent it out electronically. We sent it out in a paper version through the US Postal Service. We have proof of that.
1: The DOJ didn't respond to it, nor did any US attorneys. February 17th, 2021, in
0: conjunction with Stanford Health Freedom, Leah Wilson and Sayer G's wonderful organization, we put on an event titled Data Disaster, a call for investigation in the CDC's conduct during COVID-19. We've been on this from the beginning, folks. When it was unpopular, unfriendly, in fact, hostile, we were on this. March 23rd, 2021. After we put on that event, we published our second peer-reviewed paper, this one a 400-page beast that covers the topics of the fallacy of asymptomatic transmission, the fraud of PCR testing, violations of federal law, how inaccurate projection models created a global pandemic, how early treatment suppression violated standards of medical ethics, serious problems with the biologic clinical trials. We're talking about the gene modification shots and then arguments in favor of personal injury, civil litigation, litigation arguments in favor and excuse me, in opposition to mandates before mandates were even really put out, we were already fighting against them and arguments that an emergency no longer exists if it ever did. And all with over two hundred. Uh, other references. This is a paper we put together to help every legal team in the country win cases. We did it all as volunteers for free. April 28th, 2021, we worked with the Organic Consumers Association and Alexis and Dr. Mercola to put on the COVID-19 tribunal exposing willful misconduct. August 18th, 2021, we're working with senators, like I mentioned, the great Kim Thatcher and great Dennis Linthicum, and they take the ball and they inform another U.S. attorney that we had already informed. They inform him again on their senator letterhead of these allegations. Of course, Scott Asfog sends it up the line to the Department of Justice, and they tell the senators basically to kick rocks. The DOJ declines to investigate it. We've been at this, folks, behind the scenes. Again, I'm not a raggy dude. I just want you to know what we've been doing the last two years. October 14th through 16th, 2021, in conjunction with Pastor Dave and his wonderful wife, Cheryl, and everybody at the Church of Glad Tidings, we put on COVIDCon21,
1: a solution summit. Crushed it. Great, great summit. March 7th,
0: 2022, we filed, and of course, I'm doing interviews and all this other stuff in between and supporting all these other teams around the nation and all these other attorneys and everything around the nation. March 7th, 2022, myself, Senator Thatcher, and Senator Linthicum filed the 63-page grand jury petition that you can read. You can download it and read it. It's public record. On beyondthecon.com, go to the grand jury page, beyondthecon.com. We file it in the Ninth Circuit Court, U.S. District, along with over 1,000 pages of substantive evidence, ton of exhibits. We name Rochelle Walensky, Xavier Becerra, Robert Redfield, Alex Azar, and Brian Moyer. April 6th, and this is what happens, this is what the CDC does after we put this, after we file this, we, we have to, of course, notify all the defendants, right? April 6th, the CD launches, CDC launches an internal investigation into its performance during the COVID crisis. May 12th through 14th, we put on another summit with the Church of Glad Tidings, COVID Con and Beyond. Went great, right? Worked with Dr. David Martin both times, fantastic worked with Tom Renz, worked with Kevin Jenkins, worked with just great people. I mean, they're they're more than names. They're great people. They're great Americans. May 25th, 2022, all the named defendants get served by this date. Then in June 26th on 2022, Scott Asfog, who we had said, hey, you need to investigate these people, is appointed by the DOJ to defend these people. You can't make this up. We told the DOJ and Scott Asfog, you need to investigate these people. They come back and say, DOJ says, Scott Asfog, you need to defend these people. Great, right? Great. Guess what happens in July of this year? July 13th of this year, 2022, Scott Asfog gets reassigned by the Department of Justice from Oregon. Guess where they sent him to? They sent him to Nairobi, Kenya. You can't make this up, folks. They send him to Nairobi, Kenya. Get him as far away from this case as you can get him. Effective July 17th. We get an official notice on July 13th that he's being reassigned. He's being reassigned in four days. That sounds like they want him out of here as fast as possible. And then we get this gift on August 17th. Rochelle Walensky in a video interview for CDC employees that gets leaked leaked, says, quote, to be frank, we, the CDC, are responsible for some pretty dramatic, pretty public mistakes from testing to data to communications. This comes out following the conclusion of that internal investigation that they launched right after we filed. And it comes out right before they're about to respond on August 26, 2022, and what we believe they're going to respond is not criminal data fraud, not willful misconduct. It's just
1: a whoopsie on our part. It was just gross incompetence. No. No.
0: Folks, I hope you can appreciate the work of people that you may never meet but who love you just the same. And I hope you pay that forward in the world,
1: right? I don't have to know you to love you, but I wouldn't mind. (laughs) I believe in freedom, just like you believe in freedom. That makes us brothers and
0: sisters. That makes us family. I'm so proud of the work my team has done. I'm so proud that we're on the precipice of doing something historic. And no matter what happens, even if the judge denies this some for some insane reason, denies our petition, we're going to appeal it. We're taking this and the senators have already made this commitment. We're taking this to the end of the line, which is the Supreme Court if necessary. We will be heard. We will be felt and people who have done wrong and hurt Americans will be held to account.
1: May God shine his divine light down upon you, everyone you love, and surround you in the protection of his warm embrace.
0: I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. And I'm signing off today by saying the three most powerful words we have in our language. I love You.